Well, we must never overlook the importance of Mary in the Christmas story. We must never overlook the importance of this wonderful woman. Sometimes the reason why we do overlook her is because the Catholic Church has said so many things that's wrong about Mary. I mean, they say things like Mary was sinless, that she never had any other children, that she never died, but she went straight into heaven and ascended into heaven. She's equal to Jesus and has influence over him. And that she should be prayed to by um, Christians all over the world. Now, all of these things you never find in the Bible. They are mentioned by the Catholic Church and they are um, put forward by the Catholic Church. And over the centuries, great men like John Knox and others went against the church saying, you can't say this. You can't say that Mary is sinless. You can't say that Mary ascended into heaven and never died. It's not in the Bible. But even though that might be the case, nevertheless, Mary is still a very special person in our Bibles. And she does hold a very special place even in the heart of Jesus. You remember when Jesus was dying on the cross? Didn't say much when he was dying on the cross. But one thing Jesus did say, that he spoke to his mother, Mary. Mary is someone special within the church. And so this morning, I'm going to look at Mary. And I'm going to look at how and what we can draw from, how we can learn from this woman who loved the Lord God. So the first thing I want to say about Mary, then um, I want to talk about her being chosen. Her being chosen. Um, we have this, um, we need to understand that Mary was a very ordinary person. There was nothing really special about Mary. Um, she was an ordinary woman. Um, she um, had an angel, Gabriel, came to her. The same angel that came to Mary also went to Elizabeth. Gabriel spoke to Elizabeth, but also the same angel came and spoke to Mary. And the angel said to Mary these words. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Two things here highly favoured, and the Lord is with you. Now, Mary came from a poor background. Um, we know that she came from a poor background because when she went into the temple to offer up a sacrifice for her son Jesus, she only can offer up a poor sacrifice, two pigeons. That's what they offered, and that was a poor family sacrifice. So Mary came from a poor background. She didn't have any great Christian or religious people in her background. Her father wasn't a priest or, or, or anything big like that. We, you know, she was a very ordinary person. She had no status in society. She had no quality background. She had no religious connections. And yet, 
The Bible says that the angel said to her, you are highly favored and the Lord is with you. The point we need to make clear is this. Mary did not choose God. God chose Mary. Now that might be obvious, but Mary had no influence in her choosing, in God choosing, in God calling her. She had no influence at all. But God chose Mary. And you know, this morning I want to tell you, God is still choosing people today. God doesn't care about wealth. He doesn't care about position. He sees past any pretense or any mask. He sees past that. Poverty does not present a problem from God choosing you. Wealth does not present a problem for God choosing you. God will choose the highly educated mathematician and scientist, but God can also choose those who are uneducated and without a degree. The Bible tells me very clearly when, he, uh, when Jesus was speaking, he said these words, you did not choose me, but I chose you. You know, there's a man born over in 1817, a man called Frederick Douglass. He's born into a slave um, situation in 1817, born as a slave. And as he couldn't read or he couldn't write, but um, he got out of slavery by learning how to read and write. And this man, Frederick Douglass, sat down with Abraham Lincoln from a slave background, sat down with Abraham Lincoln. That's the setting. But he was born at a time where in America they believed that God only chose the white people to be his children. And this man, Frederick Douglass, counter that all through his life. That God did not just choose a race, a color. That's one of the things why I like about um, the World Cup. And all oh, you're going to be watching three o'clock. You're all going to be watching World Cup. I know you're not going to finish early so you can get home. No. Um, one thing good about the World Cup is that it brings all these nations together. You have people from Africa Australia, North America, South America, European nations, all nations come together to play on this World Cup, albeit they are against one another, but they're all together, you know, wanting to, 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 to play this one game. You know, God does not allow nationality as a stumbling block for him to choose you. And I like what the Bible says over in Revelation. Look what it says here. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. When God chooses, he doesn't care about color, doesn't care about nationality. He chooses men from all sorts and walks of life. Being chosen by God... It's very special. And Mary knew that it was very special to be chosen by God. Mary knew this. That's why Mary said these words. She said, 
from now on, I'm such a wonderful thing. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. It's a wonderful thing to be chosen by God. You know, in my school days, I used to like playing basketball. I was never that tall, never that great, a bit small really. But I used to like playing and I used to get the position to choose who's going to be on my team. So there's a one captain on one side and another captain here. He chooses and I'll choose. And I used to go first. And when I choose the, 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 the players, the kids in my, to be in my team, I always like choosing the worst player to come be in my team. And it always works out well, because the worst player comes up and he's always smiling. He can't believe that he's chosen. You know, all these great players could have gone first, but he's the worst one. And he comes and joins a team first. Mary knew as she looked into her own heart that she had nothing to offer God. She had nothing. No credentials. She could not say to God, oh, I'm so glad, I knew you were going to choose me. She had no credentials. That's why Mary said in these words, she said, you know, um, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. Listen, if you were to look into your own heart this morning, you will conclude and come to the same conclusion that I come to when I look into my own heart. There's nothing in there that will give me the credentials needed for God to choose me. There's no, I've got nothing I can credit to God and say, God, you must choose me because there's nothing in me. Just like Mary had nothing in her. So, the same for you and I. You know, if um, a big company like um, British Telecom or or the BBC was looking for a new, I don't know, new managing director to run their company, none of us will apply, would we? And the reason why we won't apply is because we're not qualified. We haven't got the right credentials to take on that job. Listen, God's criteria is perfection. He wants you to be perfect in your speech, perfect in your thinking, perfect in your morality, perfect in your action. That is God's criteria. You have to be perfect if you, have to, if you want to come into the kingdom of God. And not only do we fail that test of perfection, but our sin and our failures bury us. We are at the bottom of a pile of failures, sin, weaknesses, disappointments, regrets, all bury us. There's nothing there to give us any credit. But praise be to God. God turns around and he says, I will choose you anyway. I will look past your failures. I will look past your sin. And I will choose you anyway. 
What a joy. God chooses you, he chooses me, not because of our credentials, but because of the great love that he has for you. God chooses. Second thing I want to speak about Mary, not only did God choose her, but I want to speak about how God changed her. The angel spoke to Mary and he said to her these words. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never Mary was going to have the joy of carrying within her Christ. Before Jesus was going to change the world, which he did. Before Jesus was going to change the time scale from BC and and, and before Christ and after Christ. Before he was going to change the whole section of the world. The first person he was going to change going to be Mary because going into Mary being able to have the Holy Spirit overshadow her and the the, the Christ to be birthed in her, she's going to change not only spiritually but physically her whole body was going to change because Jesus was going to be planted in her womb and her whole body everything about her was going to change those of you, you ladies who, who have babies, you, you know that you, know, you don't do the same things when you're pregnant. You, know, you have to sleep more and eat more and you know, do different things because someone is growing within you. Before Jesus changed the world, he had to change Mary because Christ was going to be in. Listen to this Bible verse over in um, Colossians. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you. The hope of glory. Listen to me, before you can change your husband or your wife, before you can change your family members, before you can change your work colleagues, before you can change your friendship circles, before you can do any change, Christ Jesus living in you must affect you. He must start the change in you. No point you turn around and saying, well, I want to change the world for Jesus. If Christ is not in you, changing you first, then you can do no effect in your circles. I've seen this before. I've seen a man, two men, in fact, one man and came to me and said, Jerry, I'm in, I'm in trouble. Could you come to court with me? 
I said, yeah, I can come to court with you. What's the problem? Because I, and he, you know, he used to come to this church and um, you know, he claimed to be a Christian. He asked Jesus to come into his life and all that business. He said to me, you know, can you come to court with me? I said, well, I can come to court with you. What's the problem? I attacked my wife the other night and she's taking me to court. And um, could you come and give me a character reference? Well, I went to court anyway because um, that's what you do to support people. But his wife divorced him and his children had nothing to do with him. He claimed to be a Christian and yet his actions proved him otherwise. Then I have another man who um, also became a Christian. But his faith seemed to have changed him. He loves his wife better than we did before he was a Christian. His children and his grandchildren want to be around him a lot more. And his family members are coming to faith. Why is that? You see, the first man had all the words but no life. The second man had a life that was backed up by his words. You see, Christ in you has to develop a change in you. No point in saying, oh, I'll come to church on a Sunday, that's enough. It's not enough. Monday morning, Tuesday morning, right through to Saturday morning, there must be some work of God in you. Mary did not just turn around and say, well, I'm going to have Jesus in me only for Sunday morning. No, for nine months, the, the birth of Jesus was being formed in her right throughout those times. She couldn't pick and choose Christ being in in her and likewise if you are if you want to be assured that you are chosen by God then it must be a work of him going on in you a change in your thinking a change in your speaking there must be and if there's no change then you have no guarantee that you are chosen by Christ Mary was not only chosen, but Mary was changed by the, the power, by the power of God. Okay, let me just close this message in my third and, and final um, heading. I gave you the three C's. So it was um, chosen, it was change, and the last C is going to be Christ. Well, Christmas is all about him anyway. So the last C is going to be, um, be Christ. Listen to what Mary said. She said these words. And Mary said, My soul rejoices in God my Savior. Mary speaks about God being her Savior. Now Mary speaks just like the Old Testament men and women spoke. You see, in the Old Testament, the men and the women in the Old Testament, when they called God their saviour, like David called God his saviour, and Isaiah and, and these men, they called God their saviour. And the reason why the Old Testament men and women called God their saviour was because they're looking ahead by faith to one great and amazing event. That's what they were looking forward to. By faith, they were looking forward 
to the death of Jesus Christ. Let me just prove that to you by looking at one of those great men who lived a long time before Jesus. Look what Moses says about Moses over in um, Hebrews. So this is about Moses. By faith, Moses in the Old Testament. So by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God, rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin for a season. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Moses, who was in the Old Testament, was looking ahead He rather chose to be mistreated. He rather chose to be the disgrace that was upon Christ. He rather chose that because he was looking ahead to something by faith. And Moses would say, something is coming along the road. Jesus Christ is going to suffer. Jesus Christ is going to die on that cross. God is going to send his Messiah. And one day, that one is going to be died. And he is my savior by faith. That's what Moses was doing. He was looking ahead to what Christ would accomplish. And Moses can call God his saviour. Well, Mary was doing the same thing. Mary was looking ahead. She was looking ahead, just like Moses, just like Abraham, just like any of the Old Testament saints. Mary was looking ahead to one amazing And that day was going to be a day when Jesus Christ was going to be nailed to that cross. You see, Mary was not saved by giving birth to Jesus. Mary was saved by the death of Jesus Christ. That's the difference. That's why Mary was able to say, my soul rejoices in God my saviour. Because Jesus, when he was speaking about his death, when he was speaking about going to the cross, Jesus turns around and he says this, and I, if I am lifted up from the earth, speaking about when he is being nailed to the cross, the Roman soldiers will take him and drag him from the whipping post, drag him from mocking and spitting and drag him over to the cross. Then they will tie his hands and get the nails and hammer them into his hand and hammer into his other hands and hammer them into his feet. And as he's nailed to the cross, the cross will be lifted up. And Jesus says, but if I, when I am lifted from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. You see, it is the death of Jesus that brings salvation. And you need to put your faith, not in the birth of Jesus, not in the wonderful incarnation of Jesus coming down and being birthed in Mary, how wonderful that is, that does not save, did not save Mary, and Mary knew it. That's why Mary looked forward to that day when she can stand at the cross and say, that's my saviour. He might be my son, but he's my saviour. 
because of his death on that cross. My dear friends, you need to look to Jesus. You need to be amazed, not simply by his birth, but you need to be amazed by what his death is able to accomplish for you. Are you chosen? Can you say in your heart, yes, I am chosen? You don't need to think too hard about it. All you need to ask the other question, and the other question is, is there a change in me? Am I different? And if your answer is yes, then you can put all the glory onto the one who was nailed to that cross and died for your sins. If you're not changed, still the old self, just add on a little bit of Christianity every now and again, get to church every now and again. Then be assured that God chooses those who will come into his kingdom. And if you are asking that question, Lord, why don't you choose me? They bow your heads in prayer and said, oh God, forgive me. Forgive me for my foolishness, arrogance. I want to be like Mary. And I want to say, you have remembered the humble state of your servant. I want to be like Mary. I mean, Mary, example, encourage our hearts as well. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. We look forward to celebrating Christmas with our family and our friends and being together with our loved ones. Thank you so much for this opportunity to do that. We pray for anyone who's on their own, Lord, who haven't got family. May we be able to look out and watch out for those who might need a little bit more, more love and care over the next week or so. But Father, our prayer is, that our hearts might be moved. That we may not be content just simply saying that we are Christians. That we may not be church attenders. But Father, my prayer is, oh God, that you will be formed in us. That there will be a change, oh God. That we will be those who can look to that change and give you all the praise for choosing men and women who have no credentials, nothing to offer you, and yet you give us everything. For this we give you thanks, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.